How are you, Robin? How's things going this week? Well, well, Ian, it's, uh, it's, it's been good, but it's been mixed. A uh, couple of good stories to tell you. Well, not for me, but for for the listeners. Um, great to see, hear that they're, they're listening in and they're drawn. Um, we've had over 100 lessons in the last week or so. That's been brilliant for a couple of old pool geeks like us. But to, to let you know what's been happening, uh, started last weekend, clutch going in my car. I just oh, that's shit news, mate. On the Friday, uh, they've done, they done some work on it under warranty and replaced the turbo. I mean, the, the car's not even two years old and it's not even done 50,000 miles on it. And it's been a disaster. But the clutch went on the, and last Sunday. Uh, raging, they made a mistake. Technician error, all that sort of jazz. To cut a long story short, after uh, I went bananas at them, my wife went bananas at them, they've uh, paid, or they're paying for the family, the whole lot of us, to go for dinner for 100 quid this weekend. So I'll take that. I'll take that as a wee gesture of goodwill. Mate, Happy with that. You can get a lot, uh, a lot of McDonald's for 100 quid. Aye, aye, well, listen, for, listen, I'll take care of it, <laughs> you know, uh, you know me and, you know, the tight Scotsman and all that, I'll take a hundred quid, and also, just to let the listeners know, obviously, they, they're not listening in real time, so this might have already happened, but if you get an email off me today, <laughs> uh, asking for a quotation, ignore it, delete it, put it out to fake, because it's a scam. And my phone, I swear, I've never had it off the, the hook so often as I have today. I've, I've, I thought I was making a fortune, but uh, apparently it's just because I've scammed everybody with this dodgy email. I received an email from a supplier earlier on this week, and obviously when I opened it, uh, it has infiltrated my inbox and caused a disaster. However, it has been a very busy week with the swim, a lot of swimming pools opening up in Scotland on Monday. Yeah, uh, I've been up the wall with water analysis, uh, trying to help these pools get themselves open. So it's uh, it's been a good week in terms of that. A lot of places need their photometers calibrated. A lot of places wanting to make sure that they've done a wee dye test before they open back up. So it's been uh, very busy from that perspective. Ian, yeah, what about yourself? I hear you had a big, a big, big day this week. Yeah, so uh, it was my birthday on Sunday. So I was twenty-one again, Robin. Hey. Twenty one, <laughs> yeah, times two, yeah, and and a bit more. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, my, my partner said to me, he "says uh, you know what you want to do for your birthday? It's your birthday's coming this weekend." And um, I, I, for anyone who doesn't know me, I, I love doing a bit of DIY and building work. I'm, I'm more than sort of your average DIYer. So we've got a bathroom, a downstairs bathroom that we've built, um, additional onto the house. So I laid a, a porcelain tile floor, that was the last job actually, I started at 9 o'clock Sunday morning, uh, putting up cement board stud work, uh, putting in new plumbing for a sink, a shower, um, running all the different pipes and stuff like that, uh, insulating some walls, plaster boarding, then cement boarding, I built a shower niche and then finally finished by putting a porcelain tile floor down uh, and I finished at half past 6 on Sunday night. Mental, big guy. That sounds more like a nightmare to me as opposed to a, a birthday. Yeah. Well, well, crazy. I, yeah. You do know that there's no lockdown anymore. You do know that you can get out of the house. Yeah, yeah. I know, but uh, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. But other than that, my work week's been um, been been quite busy. So I'd had fun taking uh, uh, ball valves apart with uh, so ball valves on the suction side that had uh, flattened O-rings. So uh, because the O-rings were slightly flattened. It was um, basically drawn from the suction side and pulling air into the system. So I had a bit of fun doing that. And whilst I was there, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to have a look at this multi-port as well. So have a look at the seal in the multi-port. So, um, oh, no, big guy. Multi-port valves. Listen, I've got a wee multi-port valve story for you. Go on, then. Five years ago, when I was an operations manager in a health club, uh, our multi-port valve seal used to go all the time. Nightmare. And obviously, you know yourself, when you lose the seal in the multiport valve, you start leaking water and it becomes a disaster. So, I remember, uh, we used to call Aqua Leisure out, who are a, a maintenance company in Scotland, but we got uh, 
listen, cheap skates and all that. We were, we started doing the jobs ourselves, so I ended up doing the replacing the seal myself. And uh, it was happening all the time. And I remember uh, the, the wee duty manager, Tommy, who was covering the morning, I was covering the, 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 the bag shift. And I came in, we're doing the handover, and I says, Hi, Tommy, has that part come in for the, the multiport valve? And he says, Yeah, it has, Robin. I thought, You beauty, that'll give me something to do the right. And he says, You don't need to bother. I'll fix okay. it. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute, Tommy, wait, wait, wait a minute. When did you get trained and taught how to do that? And he said, no, I watched you do it the last time, Rob. And I says, aye, well, it wasn't really a training session there, Tommy. But let's go down and have a wee look and you can talk me through it. So alarm bells were kind of ringing at that point because I was thinking, if he's not done this right, that could cause us a wee bit of bother and it's no cheap getting those multi-potent valves replaced. But anyway, I had a wee bit of trust in him, so let's go down. So I'm chatting to him on the way down and he says, he was so chuffed his punch, he was... Like, dead pleased with himself and all that. And I said, right, aye, good, good, good man, Tommy. And I, he says to me, and I'll never forget this, 25 years ago, he says, Robin, that that seal's not going to break again. Okay. I says, Tommy, how do you know that? And I was like, does he know that? What's he going to do? What's he done? He says, you don't need to worry about it, Robin, because I've super glued the seal. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm like, Tommy, I'm going to have you. I'm going to have you. The whole point of the seal is that it moves round with the multi-port valve handle. And I was like, you've got to be joking. It took Tommy that whole back shift. He had to do a double shift to get that seal back off because it was glued on. The numpty. I thought I was done, but we managed to retrieve it. So that's my multi-port valve story. Terrible. And is Tommy still working yeah, in leisure? Multi-port valves are handy. The only thing is complex, they can break. Yeah. He's not actually, he's not, he's a... Uh, Don't say maintenance. Offshore, believe it or not. Yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so you've got a bit of next weekend. Yeah, so next week, what have I got planned next week? So I've got uh, some pool plant training coming up this weekend, so struggling for time, really. So I've uh, teach the course at weekends as well. That's uh, what we've got coming up for me. And uh, next week, I'm away down in a holiday park. Uh, again, doing some more teaching for a colleague. Um, I'm trying to think where I am the rest of the week after that. I can't remember the rest of the week. How terrible is that? Oh, yeah, so on the Friday, I'm back um, back teaching at Pool Plant. I think all of it's teaching Pool Plant next week, Robin, to tell you the truth. I think all of it is. That's good. Yeah, so it's a, good. it's a busy week. What about yourself? Up in the industry then, eh? You think? Yeah, there is there's some yeah, yeah. positive and negative signs. I mean, um, I'm just I'm just reading some stories this week about um, centres that have been handed back uh, from um, facility management companies or you know leisure leisure management companies back to back to councils. Yeah, and, yeah. So yeah, there's uh, it's positive and negative. I think. What sorry? What about yourself? What have you got coming up? Yeah, I've still got quite a, a lot of water analysis to do. I'm doing a lot of work, project work, uh, technical operations, manuals, pool technical operations, the pew tag, um, code of practice. We, sh we should all have that, so I'm helping some clients with that. Yeah, got quite a lot of project work, trying to diversify a wee bit. I've got a photographer. But in a fair bit of pool plan up here. So not so much next week, but probably the, the weeks and months following that, just trying to schedule it all in and trying to help people out because obviously we're, we're in this uh, transition at the moment of potentially doing online training as well as yes. going to the site. So I've, I've got quite a bit of uh, negotiating, well, not negotiating, but organising clients whether we're going to do the online course online and then do... The, the third days of practical, or whether they're going to try and accommodate all three days at site. So there's it's interesting times at the moment, Ian, in terms of the training and the movement to blended learning, and uh, it's maybe a topic that we should be discussing on the podcast at some point no, uh, with the listeners. And I think today on the podcast is an opportunity for us to pose some uh, questions about what, what the listeners would like us to discuss. We have potentially got... Uh, a, a guest speaker on or a guest interviewer next week uh, and I think we should maybe talk about a few 
products and, and technologies and yes and, uh, other such things that we could uh, discuss maybe touch on them today no yeah it'd be good as we say yeah we'll hopefully have got a guest next week lined up which is going to be our first hopefully of many um if you have got any ideas, any subjects, me, me or Robin, you'd want us to cover, to talk about, you might think is interesting or doesn't really get touched very much in the industry, then please feel free to sort of uh, comment on uh, Swimming Pool Network, what are the Facebook group, which is sort of kind of linked to the podcast in a way. Um, and I'm pleased to say, Robin, this week we actually have now got over a thousand members in that group. Fantastic, what a milestone, what a milestone for the industry and it's a great resource uh, for, for people to post questions and learn yeah. and receive some information and, and, uh, and I see a lot of the, the links that you post up, Ian, and uh, the one as you were talking about the uh, Greenwich Leisure handing back a couple of sites, uh, I have to say if any of those listeners are from Newcastle, I've done a lot of work up at West Denton, uh, Outer West Swimming Pool, Gutted for you guys, uh, brilliant, brilliant swimming pool, great workforce, uh, I've loved all the times that I've been up there to do training for City Pool, uh, Elzig Pool, uh, Gosforth uh, and Outer West, the, the guys up there are phenomenal and it's a real shame that uh, Newcastle, the pools up there, are, are, are some of them are not going to be opening up, I'm hoping that there's a wee lifeline for them, so yeah, yeah. The, the Facebook page has been a, a fantastic resource uh, to help share good stories and not so good stories, and but but hopefully, you know, it helps the, the members that are on that. No, definitely, definitely. So, what have we got coming up this week for our avid listeners? Yeah, we've uh, we've got uh, we're going to touch on uh, some. Uh, some new products actually. Uh, we're going to touch on filtration, and uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to try and uh, dangle a carrot and have a wee chat about who we can get on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where do, we, where, where do you want to start? Shall we start? Um, let's start with some new products. So, have you got any particular in mind you want to talk about? I tell you, one I actually like to talk about, Robin, was um, because it's a product that's a bit close to my heart, and and people have been needing to use this product. Yeah, is chlorine dioxide. Um, yeah, where can we? What you know? What's it used for? Where can we get a hold of the stuff? Um, yeah, just a little bit about chlorine dioxide because a lot of people yeah, have never heard of it or used it. I tell you, I, yeah, I tell you, it's uh, it's got a, it's got a bit of a journey, in all honesty. Um, the reason that it's been now is because of long we've got. The, the TN44 uh, based about uh, biofilm and uh, the webinars that uh, you hosted Ian was fantastic at getting that information out information and the fact that it's all been left basically we all had to stay at home and uh, biofilm has been building up over time and we've had to re remove the biofilm and chlorine dioxide is one of the best products that you can use to remove biofilm. It also helps improve uh, your, your combined uh, chlorine levels if you use that product. Uh, that's the brand. The chlorine dioxide is a product, but Wapatec is a brand. And it's from Switzerland, and it's been used in water treatment processes. Um, but it's very, very expensive. It's possibly something that we don't really need in the UK because uh, our levels can be controlled uh, through other means and we're maybe having to just like the DIN staff what they've got in our home under pressure to, to use chlorine dioxide in the water but it is used widely for cleaning and yes. removal of biofilm and the Desipure that uh, is probably the, the, the best, the premium product uh, has been used a lot recently for cleaning pool covers because chlorine dioxide can penetrate and remove the biofilm, and unfortunately, your average calcium hypochlorite, sodium hypochlorite, any doesn't do it. Disinfectant struggles to to remove biofilm, and indeed, even up to fifty milligrams per liter can actually penetrate the biofilm 
and kill the bugs. So chlorine dioxide is a fin- fantastic product. The other advantage is that it's swimming pool friendly. Yes. That is probably the best feature of YH and the bathers where I can affect your coagulation. We keep losing you a little bit there, Robin. Other clean, maybe do the job. Sorry. We just keep losing you a little bit. You see, I think your your think connection's breaking up. It's not the smoothest. I apologise to anyone this week. We've had a, a few little IT issues and stuff as far as getting a decent connection, but uh, we're going to try our best. And um, as we said, I think it was in episode one. We were well. Robin's relying on me and sorting the IT out, and I'm terrible at it. <laughs> so, Robin, um, it is a product which I, you know well, it is is a product I've not it's used. Three hundred and fifty miles. That- Yeah, that's it. It is the 350 miles that does it. What we need is a two tin cans and a bit of string. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, it's a product, you know, Robin, very early in my leisure career, I, I, never, I would never have used or heard of a product like chlorine dioxide myself. And it was only later on when you're starting to look at things like cleaning pool covers and cleaning different areas that I ever came across the product, I would start to use it, um, to be fair. So it's, it is, it's a fantastic product, which, uh, yeah, it's certainly difficult to get a hold of. And I know that uh, during lockdown, uh, we've been, some of it, me and Robin's been getting a hold of the product for quite a few clients out there as well. Um, any sort of uh, chemicals in your mind, Robin, that you want to talk about, new products in the market or anything that's uh, coming across? Yeah, yeah. I would, uh, I would like to to discuss, and and we can touch on it today, but possibly update and on another podcast we can go into detail. But the killings, there, there are new and of uh, types that are in the aluminium bay, but they might come as a dry. The There's the active polyflock uh, that uh, has uh, come into the industry to be able to work with a lower activity to prevent algae. So I would be really interested from the point of view for those people that do maybe use active polyflock, how they've tuned it, uh, has it indeed helped? Prevent the algae. Are you getting are you getting good coagulation at lower alkalinity levels and, and so on? That would be fantastic for people to to maybe share their experiences with with us on on the podcast. Ian says, go to the Facebook page. Robin, we're back. How are you doing? Getting there. Getting there. I must have been in the washing machine or something on my my BT broadband's just. Uh, Getting uh, getting obstructed by some pheasants or something outside. What you need to do is you need to start feeling, feeding that hamster so it goes round in the wheel faster. Big time, yeah. But I, I wish I did have a hamster and I was able to crack the whip. You know that would that would be easier than cracking the whip with BT. So, Robin, just to recap, really, you just started we're off. Back to, in. Yeah, we're back in. We just started to talk about uh, coagulants. So you were talking, telling about some of the markets. So maybe a, a subject for the future, but tell us what you were saying there. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I, I'd be interested to hear from some of the listeners if they were able to share their experience with uh, the active polyflock. It's called APF, um, is the kind of brand name, and uh, it comes. Uh, it's actually manufactured in, in Scotland. I think it is still through dried and aqua. Uh, it might be that it, that it's from Switzerland now, but um, because it's now Swiss-owned, uh, the company, but I'm sure they still make it up uh, just outside Edinburgh. But yeah, it's supposed to work at lower alkalinity levels. It's supposed to uh, be able to remove phosphates, which in turn should prevent or help prevent algae growth. Uh, and it's supposed to be uh, a better coagulant. Um, 
than you, than your average uh, polyaluminium chloride. I would, I would love to hear uh, some some uh, experiences from the listeners. I I have spoke to uh, many customers who do use it, uh, and it's some some say great, some say it has you know it hasn't made any difference. So I would love to get some empirical scientific evidence, or even just somebody to say, do you know what, Rom? See, before we used APF, we struggled with algae, we struggled with this. And now it's been uh, it's been a revelation, or 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 otherwise, you know. So it'd be great to to hear some people's experiences, uh, and maybe maybe we can use the, the Facebook page for that, Ian. Maybe it's something yeah. that we could do to put online. No, no, it definitely is. Um, so any comments, future guests, as we said, we want to sort of hear from you guys because we want to make a podcast that's worthwhile to the industry, you know, and talk about subjects you want to know about. So if you want us to try and use our contacts to get a UV expert on or to potentially, you know, get someone on that might talk about pumps and pump dynamics and sort of uh, head loss and pumps, you know, that type of stuff. Or, you know, as I said, um, any of the products. So it'd be good to get listeners' reviews because I'm not being funny, guys, and we all know this. You can all listen to a salesman until he's blue in the face. He'll give you a pitch. Um, but um, it's always better to listen to someone who's actually had the product, used the product, um, yeah, basically knows the product itself and will give the viewers and the listeners an honest review of what they think of the product. Um, that's probably the best way oh, to think definitely. about it. Yeah. Um, so... Robin, I don't know if you saw this or not, but one of the things we did do this week is we had a little filtration survey. Did you see the survey or not? I did indeed, yes. Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. So, yeah. I've been running a few little basic surveys on the um, on the swimming pool network, and um, the filtration survey came out, and it was just a really basic question, that was all, and... Um, the question was, and you're going to love this, you know, just what type of filter media are you using? So, I put a few options up there. Admittedly, I didn't put one up, Robin, which I want you to talk about, potentially, because it's a little bit different. So, um, yeah. 117 people voted, and this is the options were good old 1630 sand, uh, glass, either AGM or EGFM. So there's a couple of different variances on the product, but generically I put glass into one one area. I know there's quite a few listeners out there that might argue AG, AFM's not a glass, but there we go. Um, <laughs> but I banged that into one category. Uh, a perlite or regeneration filter, whether that be um, you know an automatic or a manual. And I'm, I'm going to swear now, Robin, and I'm sorry about this, mate. OC1. Yeah, OC1. Um... I don't know, you know, if if you were there about five, six years ago at Spatex, um, Certicon did a wee stint yeah. at the when obviously you get your your exhibition, you get your talks, and, and so on, and uh, they they put a wee had a wee talk about it, mm. and uh, I know Sally very well at Certicon, she's great, she's fantastic. And uh, you'll have maybe bumped into Sally a few times, and uh, we got a chance to talk to her about the OC one because I can't really get my head around it because it's it's like a plastic heck is it hexagon or, or well it's a round uh, plastic <sighs> cylindrical yeah. tiny wee plastic uh, you know, media ball or like a bio ball, and it's got um, segments in it like. Mm. Uh, I don't know if there's six segments or five segments in it, and it's like an orange. If you cut an orange in half, you get those segments. So it's like that, but they're they're they're, they're through. You know, there's yes. there's just oxygen in it. Do you know what I always do? You know what I always uh, liken it to Robin. When I describe it to people, I always I always say to them, think of a little bit of penny pasta, and you've chopped it up into yeah. fine little bits, and there's a crisscross hatching in the middle of it. That's how I always liken this stuff. So anyway, we'll, we'll, yeah, definitely. OC1 was an option. Uh, and here's a one you've probably not hear, hear very often, Robin. I put Zeolite or Zeoclear on as an option as well. Yeah, no, that doesn't. Yeah. And then finally, yeah. have you a cartridge filter? Now, don't laugh. Oh, Jesus. Don't laugh. So, and the viewers voted, or the listeners voted, should I really say, not the viewers. Because, my, by God, if this was a like a live video feed and not a podcast, you'd soon untune when you see our two ugly mugs. Um, <laughs> oh, 
So, Sand was the outright winner. 66.6% of us apparently are using Sand. Um, glass, whether it be AFM or EGFM, that was 25.6% of us are on Glass. And to be fair, it's the same grade, 1630. It's ground at the same grade, or, or crushed, should we say, at the same grade. Uh, perlite or regeneration filters, that was 4.3%. That's a little bit higher than what I thought it'd be. And then OC1 was our next one up. It got 1.7% of the vote. And then finally, zeolite and cartridge both came in equal at 0.8, so just under 1% of the vote for both of them. So yeah, so but I didn't put an option on there, Robin, and I know you've been and seen it in the flesh, and I haven't. I've only ever seen video demonstrations of it. So um, ceramic filters. You went and yeah. seen them last year. Was it last year or was it this year? No, it was this year. Uh, the shadow that I am, uh, I had... I had a day in my diary that was free. Uh, obviously, I've had a lot of free days in my diary since <laughs> during lockdown, but back then, it was a rarity. Uh, and I took a wee flight down to Cardiff um, with uh, Paul from Edinburgh Leisure. The two of us went to go and view the regenerative filters, the Defender filters, and the ceramic filters, because for some reason, whales are way ahead in terms of getting uh, these products in and we had a wee tour round Wales just for the day as you do and we flew back up so we went and seen four sites uh, two with uh, regenerative filters and two with ceramic filters and uh, I have to say the ceramic filters were phenomenal mm. just uh, in terms of the feed feedback from the maintenance guy uh, the and the, I mean, there was three, to put it into perspective, the, I can't, listen, I'm, I'm, my Welsh is horrendous, so it was, I think it was Portadol, or Portadol or something, right? Uh, we both uh, know a man that'll what? be screaming at you now, over that pronouncement, uh, actually we know two, <laughs> we know two men who'll be screaming <laughs> at you now. Right, but it was, yeah, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't too far from Cardiff, uh, well it was about an hour's drive or something, so anyway, so we went there, they moved, uh, two massive uh, medium rate filters, right, and they put uh, the ceramic filters into the place. Those two massive uh, medium rate stainless steel filters, and it must have taken the footprint must be like a quarter mm. or less, a fifth, a fifth of the footprint of the two big filters. And the ceramic filters, there's there's obviously no need to use a coagulant, and it filters down to. The well, it, they say 0.3 um, microns. They don't officially say that, but they believe that it's down to 0.3 microns. So it should should deal with the cryptosporidium. Um, yeah. And for to, to clean them, it's a bit of a, a flush. So uh, that that's carried out automatically uh, by the, the maintenance engineer and it was a fairly simple process to clean the actual ceramic filters themselves. They always like to get feedback and the feedback from the maintenance guy was really, really positive about how they yeah. work, reliability um, and, and so on. And you're not, you've not got the issue of backwashing, you're using a lot less water. I mean, I've always been sceptical because, listen, you can't beat sand. You know, mm, medium yeah. filtration with good co coagulation and sand. But climate change, energy conservation, yeah. smaller plant rooms, we're going to have to look at this. We really are because in the future, you're going to potentially have to look at saving water, saving uh, footprints, saving on energy, looking at being more efficient. And, you know, a ceramic filter to me, at this point in time, looks and sounds and feels like a good option it, 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 yeah. it, I need someone to almost you know I'll need to look into it a wee bit more that was just a one day trip yeah. obviously you and I have seen the you know the sales pitches and all that a salesman will tell you whatever you, you they want you to hear you know so they're always going to give a one sided uh, you so, know sort of pitch your argument yeah you know, if you want to find out, it's 
yeah, speak to the speak to the horse's mouth that I'm using it. Yeah, and um, for anyone sort of uh, a yeah. Try to give you a bit of an idea of, of uh, well, of, of concept, the filtration. So we measure in microns, um, and um, you know, I want to give you a bit of a, a brief on that. So if you think about a, a, a small grain of salt for a second, a grain of salt is about a hundred microns. Now, obviously, you can see that with a human eye. Uh, a speck of talcum powder is round about eight microns. Now, obviously, if you spilt talc on the floor. It was a black tile or a grey tile. You could see that. You know, you can still see that as a size. And that's a little speck of talc. Cryptosporidium is somewhere around about five microns. And that's the, that's the thing. It's round about five microns. Now, um, you can't see that with a naked eye. Good sand filtration using a coagulant of a sand that's of good quality. The bed's ripened and compacted. You could probably filter down to about three microns around about that sort of mark so it would it would trap uh, cryptosporidium um, oocysts um, but to give you a bit of an idea ceramic filters if they potentially do get down to th 0.3 of a micron that's actually filling out a strand of protein <laughs> that's how fine that is we're talking about the strands of protein now that's just that's pretty unbelievable as far as I'm concerned Robin that's um, the water quality and I've, I've not seen this in, I've not seen this in person but uh, I know of one uh, pull up in Chester, um, Cheshire, that's uh, got this, and I was told that the water looked like it had been polished. It was so clear. Yeah. It physically looked like it had been polished. Um, so yeah. So that, I mean, some of us are a bit old school, though. You know, me, me and you, Robin, a bit old school. You know, we talk about sand and love sand as well. And but uh, you're right. I think in these trying times, those centres are going to have to be a bit more viable. A bit more viable. But on an interesting point in this vote, Robin, so I personally, I don't know about you, I've only come across three pools with OC1. How many pools have you got? Have you seen, personally been into? Two. Two. Okay, so there's five between us. Two, Ian. Two. Uh, one of them had an issue when they put the OC1 in. One of uh, mine had an issue as well, in mate. In all fairness, in all fairness, it was down to installation, but... Um, When you use a, a fisher right, then the, the film media, the OC1, will not become compact enough for you to, mm. to actually do the business, as they say, you know? Yeah. It's tough. It's tough uh, coming in. And we, need, we need evidence. We need to, to see... How they perform, um, yeah. So any any of the listeners out there, chuck them our way. Them well, do you know what, Robin? On the on the on the survey, the survey is uh, open to vo open to comments, and this is uh, you know um, no no prompt to know anything. I just put the surveys up. Uh, there was a comment left by one lady who says they've currently got OC one, and they her words were we hate it and are changing soon. <laughs> No, she doesn't say what she's changing to, um, but those are her comments um, that she sort of hate it and changing soon. And funny enough, Robin, the, the, the one pool, I've only seen three, but one pool had an issue. OC1's a lot lighter, so when you do a backwash, you get a quite a higher lift. And what you're supposed to do yeah. when you install it is you're supposed to have a covering over the diffuser head. So the, the, the OC1, yeah. if it lifts far too high won't go back into the diffuser head and down the backwash. And this was quite funny. The uh, the backwash drain, uh, we went and had a look at it while it was backwashing, and we could see the OC1 coming out the filter. <laughs> it was blue! <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was blue. The OC1 was coming out, and believe it or not, they were catching it in a net, and uh, they were reopening the filter every now and again and putting all what they captured in. It wasn't much. It was maybe three or four... Uh, you know, bits of OC1 coming out each time. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that much. Uh, I don't know what you call them a grain of OC1 or a, a particle of OC1. I don't know what the actual correct terminology is, but there was little parts of it coming out each time. So that was a uh, that was quite entertaining for us to see the OC1 come firing out. Yes. The, 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 one of the main concerns I have is the efficiency of a coagulant. Mm. You know what? It has been explained to me that uh, the, the polyaluminium chloride is dosed at the same rate. It should, it should uh, do the same job. It should be able to uh, provide the same 
um, insurance against cryptosporidium if indeed uh, you do get crypto in the pool. You know, I just it, we probably need to get someone on and talk about that in a wee bit more detail. That might be something that we, we need to do in the future. I allow people that opportunity to say, listen, this is exactly how it works. Mm. Uh, I just, it's, I need, I still need convinced about the coagulation properties with OC1. I do get it. I do, you know, I understand completely why people would use it. Because when you have to do a sand change, when you have to buy filter media in, you know, you're, you're, you're buying in a 25 kilogram uh, bag of silica sand. Or, or something along their lines, and it's heavy, you know. Oh yes. Whereas a bag of OC one is, you know, it's feathers. You know, my my twelve year old could bring it in. You know, it's. I thought you were getting your twelve year old to do the sand changes. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, child labour is no such thing. You know, it's just it's just chores. You know, it's just pocket money. You know? do, do you know what? And as well, Robin, just on a serious note, I mean, it was only, oh, God, I think six weeks ago I did a sand change and a high-rate filter. It was only a very small high-rate, just one of them. Uh, the manufacturer's guidance said 300 kilograms. That's how much uh, the filter would take. Uh, obviously, so you're not putting too much in. So you put uh, 50 kilograms, two bags of 6 mil pea shale in it. Yeah, 10 bags of... Um, silica 1630 and we've got we've got the van quite close to the the, the plant room you know maybe five ten meters but uh, you know having to bring those bags up and it was a it was a quite a small filter mate so the way we had to remove it was to lift the top off the filter and basically reach in with a cup and spoon out 300 kilograms so it probably took four hours doing it with a, a simple oh. cup yeah it was a long job and and then and, and then because it's quite, no quite a small hatch trying to lift those 25 kilogram bags of sand up while another guy's trying to direct it so you're not losing it down the side you know and slowly pouring each bag um, yeah it was uh, it was an interesting one mate. it was uh, very very interesting um, Aye, there's no doubt there's no doubt the OC1 uh, from a logistical point of view uh, you know media changes uh, and, and the argument is that uh, you're not getting the same degrading with the OC1 as you would potentially with sand. There's, there's, a, there's a whole host of advantages that you could play out with the OC1. But ultimately, ultimately, filter media, its job is to filter and remove chemical pollution and to try and remove uh, matter out of the water. And mm. if, if you're not getting that done, then, you know, the, the questions need to be asked. Well, so here's, here's a good one for you, Robin. At the start of lockdown, I was quite fortunate to get a, 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 an easy job. So all I had to do was write a technical specification for a, a private pool on a private school, big 25-metre, 1970s build, you know, and basically they contacted me and said, Ian, I want you to have a look at this pool and tell us what we need to do at our plant room and pool to make this a modern built pool, you know, a modern pool to update as best we can. So I went in there. And uh, they've got got what I would call a, a real build. Back, you know, in the 70s when they built things like they were supposed to be built. And um, I took one look at it and I said, right, when's the last time we had a sand change? We had a sand change 12 months ago. Okay. Have you got the inspection report? Have you got any digital photos inside? Do you remember them shot blasting it? Do you remember them refurbishing it? Do you remember them coating it? You know, did they change the laterals? Did they change the concrete base? Don't have any of that. I said, Okay. <laughs> So I wrote them a specification for the rest of the plant room as well, put in a UV system, they had problems with the floor rate meters, all the rest of it, but I said to them in the, the spec, I said, look, just in case, it's 12 months, you need to have that annual filter inspection. Yeah. Now, when you have an annual filter inspection, guys, uh, it's a recommendation from PewTag. I would expect at the end of it, you'd have a series of digital photos to show yeah. you sort of wear and tear inside the filter, regardless of even your filter is fiberglass or not, because it might be starting to crack inside or the resin might be starting to come off. Uh, I always like to take a measurement, I don't know about you Robin, if I can, to measure sort of the top of where the filter is to the top of the sand, yeah. and that way you can kind of see, I know the bed's not necessarily always as even as possible, um, it's not completely flat, but you can see if you're losing a few inches every year. Um, yeah, yeah, you need, to, you, need to, you need to check the amount of media yeah. in. And there needs to be a check on the undulations because that will yes. give you an indication if there's channeling. Yes. 
Um, I always like to take a little spoonful of sand out if you can, in case you need it, I have to have it looked under um, a micrometer to see what's happening and its measurement of size. Um, yeah. And just a few other little bits of maintenance, you know, checking the air valves and various different things. So anyway, I said to them, have that done because you've had the media changed. Well, Robin, I found out today the result this morning. All right. So they said to me, um, we've opened it up and it turns out the filter, the company that maintained it, did not uh, refurbish the filter and the lining's gone. Oh, no. So um, Corroded. Corroded through. So they paid oh. for an expensive sand change. These were two large medium rate filters, steel vessels, probably estimate around about five to seven tons in each of them. Massive job. Normally I'd see those filters take about one week to be refurbished each. To be fair, they're gonna reline them and refurbish them, but they'd paid previously 12 months ago for this contract. So they've just invited me down, Robin, actually. I'm going down in two weeks. They said they wanna want me to come down and have a look at all the works because they they actually adopted every single one of my recommendations except for one. Um there was one that they they, they just didn't want to do. So uh, all the rest did, and there was quite a lot of points on there. So new dosing system, new flow rate meters, UV system, full filter refurbishment, a change a few of the um, butterfly valves that were shot, uh, upgrade of the sight glass, relining of the bungs, new day tank systems. Um, they've really went for it. So I'm going to be pleased to be down there in two weeks, two, three weeks, and see what uh, see what the results are like. That's fantastic. That, you know, that they did all that work. It's a shame that they've had to go back to it, you know. Mm. Do you know what? Those see those those medium rate steel filters. Phenomenal. Yes. They are phenomenal. And all day long I would I would be saying to you know facilities, see if you can get them refurbished, go for it, because that's the best option. Yeah. And so many times, so many times I see facilities ripping them out and then bringing in a spun bobbin medium yeah. rate filter and and that's because when they go out to tender they don't specify in the tender that they want medium rate filtration so you know a company will come in and they'll, they'll maybe tender for the job and as invariably all happens a lot of times councils or you know facility operators will choose the cheapest and they'll yeah. end up with a spun bulb and medium rate filter and there is a there's like a purpose for them no, there is. There's the the decent filters. When you are operating a, a busy pool, if you're taking out big medium rate steel filters and replacing them with spun bobbing filters that have got a 10 to 15 year lifespan and they're high rate, then you're compromising your, your standards and you're losing that ability to, to catch crypto as well because you're not using the correct filtration. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it breaks my heart to see these stainless steel filters ripped out. So if you can get them uh, shot blasted, relined, uh, then that's and refurbished. That's that's uh, you know it's that's the way if you can, you know. No, it, I agree with you there, Ian. It certainly is, and um, I, I do. I, you know, I'm not being funny, but um, back in sort of the older pools, often we we engineered them properly, but now unfortunately because of uh, costs and going up to tender, a lot of these sites get value engineered. And because they get value engineered, it's a it's a sort of way of saying, well, we we put in the cheapest version we could find, or we slightly underspecified it, or something along those lines. And one of the best things I always say to companies is get a technical specification. Get a technical specification of what you want, what you require, and actually naming it. Because unfortunately, when you get these companies in, Robin, I'm gonna say to you, my pump's the best, your pump's the best, this pump's the best. But if you get a specification stating that you must use this piece of kit or we want this exact piece of kit, everyone has to quote off that same specification. And just to give you a bit of an idea on that job as well, Robin, um, the, the cheapest quote uh, came in around about £38,000. Yeah. The most expensive quote came in at 64000 And that was all against the exact same specification. How's that for some prices? You still with me there, Robin? I think you've lost you again for a minute. Robin? We're still there, mate. Go on. Hi. 
Aye, I mean, it, you've got to ask the question why there's a, a big difference between the two quotes, you know. And sometimes it's not always better going with the cheaper one. No, it's not. You, know, you have to look into it more. You have to look into it. Yeah, you've got to check the, the the references. You've got to sort of look at previous jobs that they've done. You know, it's great if they can actually tell you another pool that they've done or looked at, and uh, then you can contact that manager. Because leisure is quite a small niche in industry, to be honest. You know, we are a very small industry. So if, if you can find the job they've done previously, contact the manager and say, how was it? What was the pool like? What were they like? Were they tidy workmen? You know, did they... Um, what was the job like that they did and they completed? Um yeah, there's a lot to think about, isn't there, Robin? A lot to think about. You still there, Ian? Yeah, I'm still here. Very much so. Yeah, I've lost your sound. Yeah, I'm still here, mate. That's a good thing. <laughs> no, I can hear you. <laughs> you can't necessarily hear me. Can you hear me? Because I can't hear you. I can't hear you. This is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, can you hear me now? That's that. Can you hear me now? I can, I can. You must have put your beer on top of the microphone. Mate, I've told you this, I don't drink. You keep saying this. You've got this thing about... Listen, I'm surprised you lot drinking all the whiskey up in Scotland have got any water left to put in your pools. Never mind anything else. Can't touch whiskey, big guy. It's, it's bad for the health. <laughs> only in moderation, eh? Only in moderation. Yeah. So, Do you know what I mean? It'd go be good to get a... A company in, like a Barn Ray or, or somebody or an FD Leisure, just to have a wee talk about uh, the journey and the route to building a swimming pool and, and what, what goes into it. And that would maybe be an option as a guest, someone to come on and talk about the the need for a specification, the the process that you go through um, from start to finish, yeah. you know, the project management of it. And, uh, you know, someone that's maybe, you know, you know someone that's done pools at, at the high level like like Barn Ray or FD Leisure or, or you know the one, of the one of the big boys listen I'll, I'll tell Robin I know you like your story at your start so I'm going to tell you my story now so a few years ago I must think about oh maybe about four years ago four or five years ago I went on a lad's holiday I know what you're all thinking there I'm too young for a lad's holiday so I went on the lad's holiday <laughs> and uh, so I don't know why you're laughing mate good friend of mine um, Dave Dave's, Dave's a brilliant runner. If anyone's a bit of a runner up there, my mate Dave's a fantastic runner. Loves loves uh, park run, loves the half marathons, loves marathons. He, um, he recently did a marathon in Berlin in 2.26. Um, now, that is some going. No, so anyway, when Dave uh, lived a bit closer to me, I'd often go out and train with Dave, and Dave would be running and chatting away, and, we'd be, and I'd basically be breathing through my backside, and I'd say, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. <laughs> so we all, went to, we all went to Gran Canaria a few years ago. And me and Dave were getting up early in the morning and going for a run. Now, to give you a bit of an idea, I think if I remember rightly, I was running between about 5 and 7k, and Dave was running double that. So he was doing these two laps uh, around this in the same time. And every morning, my objective was just to finish my one lap before he could finish his two laps. <laughs> so anyway, I used to run along Robin, and about half a mile down the road, there was a hotel being built, and they were building a pool. And I've got photos of it. Um, still to this day and they're building this pool and they're on the, the stage where they're just putting the concrete face in and all the rest of it and I could see next to the pool there was a staircase going down and I thought that must be the plant room because it looks like it's heading towards the balance tank and it's towards the deep end I'm thinking that must be the balance right and that was in about day two you know so I'm taking a few snaps every day because every day they're doing a little bit more of this pool on day four these two filters turned up, mate. Well, if you'd seen them, they were about the size of a mini. <laughs> and the door leading down to the plant room was a normal single door. Right? And these filters sat there for, for two, two days. Two big Cripsol filters, which are, I think they're a Spanish company, Cripsol. But Cripsol's a brand of filter. Two massive things. Day six, they got the jackhammer out. And there was two massive holes to get these filters in. And they'd actually done two... Huge, I've got, I've got photos of it. I'll have to show you it one day when I see this. And they dropped the filters in. And that's another problem when we're talking about filtration here. And it's probably why ceramics are maybe a way of the future, is that yeah. often they build them around the actual system itself. And Robin's talking there about new builds. And it's something they don't think about, the architect. The architect doesn't realise that one of the days we might have to get these things out, um, get these filters out. Now, 
Um, and it, it reminds me of a job um, not far from here that was done uh, this year. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, Robin. We had to get sectional filters built. Um, so we had two sectional filters built as part of the system. So that was um, basically, if anyone's not seen these before, you bring them in almost like, the best way I can describe it is they're fabricated off-site and you almost bring them in segments of an orange and you bring them into the plant room and you have to weld them in situ and they're called sectional filters. Yeah. And then you have to sort of do with them at that place. So this um, it was the only way we could do this. We had to cut the old filter out um, because it was an old Bob and Wong filter as well, funnily enough. And it, it was out a single plant room door and it was a horizontal filter. How's that? You don't see many of them nowadays, do you? Horizontal filters. Not many, no, unless they're high rate. Mm. So this 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 was a, a huge thing and um, it, it had to be cut out and uh, we had to build in with sectional filters. So that I had to sort of put forward the, the uh, technical specification in this one and um, that's what we ended up doing was putting a sectional filter in this. So that was an interesting job. Using sand again, to be fair. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting one. Uh, for I mean, well. it's the, the ceramic and, and I suppose to a certain extent the Defender uh, perlite ore filters, they're a lot smaller, they're a lot easier to get into the plant room and assemble. Mm. Um, and it's a small footprint. It's getting them out as well, that's the, the yeah. easy option. They just take them apart, they bolt on, they can be you know put in sections. If you want to increase the filtration, um, surface area you can always add on another ceramic to it you know it's, it's that, and, that's the good thing about it and correct me if I'm wrong Robin but I believe one of the pools that you went to visit in Wales because um, I, I read an article about that one in the ceramic filter system I believe the reason they went for that system is because the pool is an older pool and they're about to build a new one and my belief was in the article I read is they were going to put the, these new ones in now because the other ones are on the last legs but when they go to the new build they were just going to take the modular system out and literally take it across yeah. the road and put it straight back into the new one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the kind of the attraction of it. Um, and they can add to it and, and they can, you know, that's the, if they need to, you know, they, it's so easy just to, because it's modular, it's so easy just to increase that, that filtration area. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's, um, that's the benefit, isn't it, really? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, Robin, what else has been on your mind this week? Anything that uh, comes up that's uh, the, the burning issue? Because, you know, a pair of old geeks like are forever talking about uh, pools and various different things, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, I, I was actually, I've got a new office, you know, so, because I'm, Doing a lot more work. We're paying them too much, listeners. We're paying them too much. Uh, well, it's, I, I, listen, it's not salubrious, that's for sure. You know, it's uh, the the only natural light comes from a skylight, and it's an old mill. But anyway, it's, uh, listen, it, it does the job. It does the job. But, uh, yeah, so there's a lot more kind of work, uh, kind of project work, working from home sort of uh, angle. So there's a lot of stuff up in my, my whiteboard, that I'm working on, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting because um, I'm looking at the procedure aspect of swimming pools because uh, people are actually coming up to me saying, listen, Robin, we need to be more efficient. We've got less staff. What can we do to make sure that everyone's trained up? Can we do things remotely? So I'd be interested to hear from the listeners what they're doing with regards to training, what they're doing with regards to ensuring that everyone that's uh, working in the plant room is aware of the, the procedures and the protocols and and are they all following the code of practice, you know, because, you know, PewTag has released a load of technical notes of late. Are people downloading the code of practice because they've been going on to the, the PewTag website? Uh, people are, I mean, I got a load of emails in this week uh, with uh, from people saying, Robin, do we actually really need to keep a pH at 7 and a are free cloning up at 1.5 because they've maybe no uh, they've maybe not downloaded the, the technical note. I'd 
some another duty manager's done it. That's their responsibility. But the general manager's now coming back saying, well, why are we spending so much on CO2 to keep the pH down? Why are we having to order so much chemical? And then uh, they're not aware that there's a technical note because the duty manager's done the job for them. And mm-hmm. there's loads of questions like that coming in from people. So I'm just interested to, to hear from the listeners, what are you doing to try and raise that? that awareness of the new standards and the new protocols and procedures and there's a training. I've done a lot of COVID-19 training, but a lot of places I'll have done that in-house Yeah. and uh, a lot of places won't have uh, seen the webinars. So, um, you know, is there a shift? Is there a wee shift in terms of in-house training, uh, procedures, protocols and that sort of stuff? I don't know if you've been getting inundated with questions as well, Ian. No, uh, to, to a point, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of my stuff this week has been a bit strange, it's, been, it's just been a weird week, I've been incredibly busy, but it just feels like I haven't done very much, but at the same time I've been really busy, um, a bit of a strange an one. An average week. Yeah, an average week, um, yeah, I think I think my, my partner wasn't too impressed, and I was still getting phone calls at 10 to 10 at night the other night there about swimming pools, she, she kind of gave me a look that sort yeah. of said, you better put that phone down now, um, so that was a bit of a funny one. But yeah, you're right. And um, interestingly, it's more about going in COVID procedures. I mean, Tuesday I was in a centre and uh, very well labelled, you know, um, loads of signs, loads of sanitizer. They were enforcing the rules, all the rest of it. I was just having a general chit chat with the manager. I said to him, I said, you know, have you put any of this on your pre-opening check sheets? No, we haven't. I said, OK, it's, you maybe want to document it, you know, just silly little things. And it's being that outside pair of eyes, I think, sometimes. And I was saying, you probably want to document that you check the sanitizers full, that you check the the tape and everything's still in place. You know, you check that all the signs are in place, the one-way signs, one-way systems. No one's sort of taking them down or it's fallen down. So, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one, really, this week. So, it's uh, what we've really got in store for next week, that's probably going to be the more interesting webinar, I think. So, Robin, let's... um, Yeah. Talk about if, 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 and this is a big if, guys, if we can manage to get our very first guest on, what have we got planned for next time? Yeah, well, I've uh, hopefully managed to get uh, Bill McDowell and potentially uh, Mr. Mr. Gaffey uh, from uh, from Gaffey uh, uh, Company. Uh, that, uh, and uh, we're looking for them to come on and speak to us about salt generation. Okay. And in particular, hyperlizers. Uh, Gaffey do uh, distribute all around the world. They manufacture and distribute all around the world the hyperlizer, which is basically using salt to make chlorine on site. Now, this has been on the go for a long time, but of late, over the last few years, there have been many, many swimming pools that have been adopting this, this particular type of disinfection. And it has has particular advantages in the fact that instead of buying in a very hazardous chemical, you're making chlorine on demand. And you're using salt, you're storing salt, you're transporting salt, uh, which is a non-reactive compound. So it's a lot safer, it's a lot easier to handle. And and, uh, so in terms of the environment, it's better. You can actually transport it in a van instead of using an articulated lorry that from Brentag or Univar or, or the equivalent. So there's there's a lot of kind of advantages to it. In the past, it, it never took off because, well, it was a complex system. It was breaking down. It was high maintenance. Mm. It was causing very high TDS levels. Um, there was issues. There was issues with it. However, feedback from the sites, and I'd be interested to get more feedback, but the, feed, the, the, the feedback from the sites in Scotland has been pretty positive. It's in Edinburgh Leisure. They've just ordered another three units, I believe. Uh, it's in Glasgow Life. Okay. It's over in Argyll Good. So it's taken off. You know, it's something that we, you know, it's maybe going to be of interest to the, the listeners. And if we can get Bill uh, and Phil in, then that'd be brilliant. Yeah, it's um. Funny enough, there's a there's a client down here of mine actually has got hyperlizers in as well. They moved they moved him I think about four years ago. I think it was, to be fair. So um, 
that's a regular client of mine I go down and um, but then again there's a there's one there's one not too far from me and this is um that used to have it back in the sort of the eighties but it was decommissioned quite some time ago but it's it's quite a, it's a really old system it's not a hyperlizer and uh, it's um it's interesting because it's just sat in the corner so I always like to have a look at it and have a bit of a play around with it because it's just sat there and it's one of the older things. That's how geeky we are, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, no, it's a system I've seen quite a few times, so it'd be brilliant if you can get them on there. Do you know the funny thing I'm just making me think there, Robin? A lot of people are going to be sat there going, salt? How can you make chlorine from salt? So I think that's something that'll be interesting for them to listen and find out with. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What they don't realise is that there's sodium hypochlorite that they're, they're using as salt-based as well, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah it's... Uh, it will be interesting. Be delighted to get get the guys on, and hopefully technology works for us that day, and and uh, we can get a good chat. We can get a good bit of crack. Bill's from Glasgow, so we should get a good bit of crack from him. Um, this yeah, will so it will be available in subtitles if anyone wants them. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. So listen, if anyone's got any questions uh, regarding the salt, the, the guys also. Uh, specialise in chlorine dioxide systems as well, so we'll maybe pose a few questions. But if anyone would like us to to suggest, you know, suggest any questions, then by all means, contact us through the Facebook page. Cheers, perfect. Well, I think that's enough time for us this week, and um, we'll upload the episode as soon as, and hopefully this will all go right. And I'm going to see if I can splice some of these together. Sorry about the quality of the call at the start. So it's uh, definitely a goodbye for me this week, Robin. Yeah, and goodbye from me, and stay safe, and keep well, and keep working, and keep those pools open. Definitely. Cheers, guys.